Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey, welcome everyone back to the Equipped to Be show. I'm so glad you're here today. I have got Brooke McLaughlin in the studio and it is going to be a wonderful podcast. I'm just curious, did you enjoy the last episode when I talked about character and crisis? And I know you really enjoyed both episodes of my candid conversation with Larry Loftus, four-time New York Times bestselling author, you know, just a candid conversation with an author who has achieved great success, but the humbleness and the fact that he was a mentor to me and how authors really do help other authors. And it, I feel like it's a perfect segue to my conversation today with Brooke. Now, if you are not familiar with Brooke McLaughlin, you'll love her. She's got such a heart for the Lord. She and her cohort, Erin uh, Mooring, ru- actually run the ministry Million Praying Moms. Brooke is also a author. She's written numerous books. And this time we're going to talk about something you're going to love. One thing I love about Brooke is her heart for scripture and more importantly, her heart for praying and leading moms in the journey of praying scripture for their family, for their children, for their own personal lives. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Uh, an upcoming book that she has releasing called Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Response to Motherhood. And man, I tell you what, so often we forget to pray. We get so busy doing stuff and all the other stuff that we have to do that we forget to actually pray. So I want you to welcome Brooke to the program, and I'm going to have her tell you a little bit more about herself, and uh, we're just going to deep dive into our conversation today. Hey, Brooke, thanks for coming on the program today. Hey, Connie, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. You know, it was funny as we were talking about what we we're going to do. I think my listeners have come to realize that uh, I, I I love just to have candid conversations. And you were so sweet. You sent me over your list of questions. And as we were discussing what we were going to do, I'm like, hey, what do you, what's on your heart? What, what do you want to talk about? Because we can have all these great questions. But to be honest with you, sometimes we get in the midst of a conversation and God just leads us in other ways. And I know that when that happens, there are people listening that it was just specifically designed for them to hear what you have to say, or even maybe what I have to say. So I just appreciate you taking time out because I know you're busy. Would you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself, your children? And I would like to know what led you to start Million Praying Moms. So I'm a wife and a mom to two teenage boys, which is um, amazing to me. Both of my boys will be high school age this year, and it just blows me away that we're this close to graduation. And and uh, these boys who were just toddlers when I first started writing are now, you know, growing into men and getting ready to go out into the world. So it's, it's really just kind of mind-boggling. We live in southwestern Virginia. We actually live in the mountains of Appalachia, and uh, I love it there. I love our rich cultural history in this area and just all the things that it teaches us about 
the good characteristics and good qualities of life that we need to hang on to. So that's a little bit about us. I have had the privilege of being in in online ministry and, and some face-to-face ministry that goes with it um, for about 10 years now. And we started out ministering just to mothers of boys. You mentioned my my uh, partner in crime, if you will, Erin Mooring. Uh, she and I have five boys between us. And so we have all boys. And it, it made sense at the time to start ministering to mothers of boys. But over time, the Lord just really gave us both a heart for prayer and specifically the role of prayer in parenting. And so a few years ago, we transitioned that ministry into including both moms of boys and moms of girls and really teaching moms that prayer is not a last resort. It is the very first and best thing that we should do in response to motherhood. So that's where we came from, and that's that's what we're doing and putting our hands to these days. You know, I love it. You kind of came on the radar for me several years ago. I've had the privilege of, of writing some for you guys, and it's been a delight. But what I love is the tender spirit that you have. I mean, oh, you know, it is funny because you said you started when the kids were little and you blink and now you're facing this, I have this many years and we're going to be turning the tassel and these children, these boys are going to be entering the next season of their life. And sometimes, Brooke, there comes a panic. Oh, no. I got to cram all this in because, ooh, there's some gaps or there's some character deficiencies or... And instead of panicking, I know your first resort is to go to prayer. And as you and I both know, it isn't a last resort. It, you know, I, I love something that I read that, that you stated as far as, you know, praying not be the thing that you do when all else fails, but prayer being the first thing that you do, regardless uh, how if good things are going well or if things are, are going kind of wonky, as they sometimes can go wonky. Brooke, I just love how you just keep redirecting women back to the most important thing. So you've got a new book coming out called Praying Mom. And that book speaks truth into like the everyday women, you know, the lives, uh, the desires, the things that we long for personally as a woman, uh, things that we desire for our children, boy or girl, and what we desire for our you know, for our marriages, if we're married, I, I specifically love the fact that, you know, your kids are teenagers and, and the, the decisions that they can make as a teenager have can have profound impact on the future of their lives in a different way that when they're younger. So I love that you address the different seasons in praying mom. I, I would just like to know how, how are you addressing the different seasons? Do you break it into segments or do you break it into topics? Tell us a little bit more about the construct of praying mom. Sure. So one of the things that I love about this book Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about how I I got the idea for it or how God showed me that I needed to write this book. And I think that will help answer the question. We did a survey at the ministry years ago now, and it was very simple. We simply sent out an email to all of our readers, and we asked them one very simple, short question. And that was, if you believe that you should be praying, but you are not, why? And Connie, I'm just like, we got tons of responses. It was almost like people were sitting at their computers, just like waiting to tell us the answer to that question. They started coming in so quickly and and we got hundreds and hundreds of answers. 
And so over time, over a couple period of a couple years, I started piecing those together and looking at them deeply. And some of them were what you might expect, uh, specifically of moms of little. They would say, I can't even go to the bathroom alone. I don't have time to do anything, much less pray. Um, or my house is so chaotic. How can I even think, much less pray? You know, those were some very common answers. And you and I both remember what that was like, having, having littles in the house. It can be a struggle to get your mind clear or find time to do anything. Um, so I expected those answers, and we do talk about that in the book. But we also got some really deep answers, like, I don't believe God hears my prayers anymore. We also got responses like, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how or what to pray. I want to, but nobody's modeled that for me, so I don't really know how. We had another uh, another common response which was, I can't pray until I get my life together. And that one just kind of broke my heart as well. And so there were just so many variety, but we began to see the same patterns over and over and over again in these responses. And that's where the idea came from. I thought, you know what? I can help this. I, I actually can fix this for them. I know how to help them overcome in these particular challenges. But one of the things that I realized from the get-go is that while I could speak into each of those challenges and help them look at it from a clear biblical perspective and know how to overcome it, I had not experienced each of those challenges. So we came up with seven that we saw over and over and over again. And I had not experienced all seven of them. I had experienced a lot of them, but not all seven of them. And so one of my favorite things was that we pulled in other women like yourself who were able to speak into those challenges from an authentic perspective, having actually experienced it yourself. And so seven different women are contributing to this book with me, telling their story of what they struggled with, what that looked like in their lives, and then what God did as they gave it over to Him and, and how they overcame. So there's a lot of teaching for me on the biblical perspective and, and what is actually happening in your heart when you're experiencing this challenge, because I think that's important. But there are also real-life testimonies and stories from women like you, Connie, who who've been there, done that, and God has met you, and you've been able to experience some level of victory there. So I think that makes it a really special book. I'm really excited about this book, and uh, you know, I'm delighted that you did reach out. But I read when you were in your uh, somewhere, one of your writings, that a catalyst for you was when you were studying Ezekiel 36:26, and how, as you know, I I speak to you know keeping the heart of your child, and you know I I really focus on the relationship that you have with your child because without a relationship. You, you don't have that influence because the world, and as you know, especially having teenage boys, the peer pressure, the outside influence is just bombarding families. And I was, I was delighted and overjoyed when I read what you wrote. And I think it's pretty impactful. And one of the things that you said is, you know, you couldn't remember necessarily why you were doing it, but how the Lord just kind of aha moment for you. It was like, wait a minute. God is the one who changes the heart. I mean, we can have all these three easy steps and five quick solutions, and here's the secret sauce. But that's not even true, because we can do all these wonderful things. And I love how you say, and you reminded, and you will remind people in this book how it's the Lord that does the work. It's we need to show up 
and be faithful, but we need to be praying for our kids. So I specifically love that. And I don't know if you want to expand on that, how defining that moment was for you personally. Yes, absolutely. Because it really was the catalyst for for everything that God has taught me about prayer. Again, I don't remember why I was studying Ezekiel 36, 26, but what it says is that that it is the Lord that changes the heart of stone to the heart of flesh. And it really was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I have to confess, Connie, that it was both exciting, it was both a relief and something of a frustration to me to realize that. I'm an achiever and a worker, and I like to be able to know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. I'm very goal-oriented, and I've been able to do a lot in my life that way. But raising children was really the first piece of the puzzle for me that God said, no, we're not going to do it that way. <laughs> and so it was it was very eye-opening for me to realize that I could do all the right things, but that it was in this, this one thing was in God's hands. And I couldn't, I couldn't make it happen any faster than it needed to. So that's why I say it was both a relief and a frustration. It was a relief because, boy, I'm kind of glad that God's the one that, that, that gets to do that. Because if I royally mess up, there's still hope. God can still do it. But at the same time, as a, as a goal-oriented person who likes to check things off their list, I was like, well, man, I really wish I could just get that done right now. <laughs> so that um, so was both. But you are looking for I, those I, three quick steps because then you I can was. just like move to the next thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But God showed me through that that there really is no biblical formula. There, there is no A plus B equals C when it comes to our kids. Uh, to raising our kids. If there was, then there would be a lot more kids or a lot less kids leaving the church in droves today. We'd all be doing it and they'd all be good, faithful Christians, right? There are principles that God gives us for parenting, but there is no there is no formula necessarily that God gives us for parenting. And so for me, as I began to really think about that verse deeply, and I thought about it for weeks and weeks, I just naturally found myself praying Lord, would you change their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh? It just became my prayer. And I don't even know how. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't remember having this epiphany that said, well, you could pray that verse, Brooke. I just started praying it. God's Word had done a work in my heart. He had revealed something of great importance to me. And my natural inclination was to pray it back to Him, was to say, would you do this, Lord, in my children? And that's kind of how it started. That's really the, the the foundation for how I started praying scripture. And it just grew from there. And it's been literally one, the, the practice of praying scripture has been one of the best things that has grown my prayer life and my faith in God that I've ever done. I have so many thoughts to that because, you know, the teenage years can be your hardest years. Your kids, I, I, even you, you were talking about, you know, you were raised in the church. You knew all the answers, you know, Jesus, and you could sing all the vacation Bible school songs and all of that. But, you know, there's still, there was still, there was still something. And it makes me think of the teen years where you are currently, we can be going along and things could be going smoothly, and then we hit a, a bump or a pitfall or we get derailed. Uh, our, our children make a poor decision. And you still kind of bring back to the, but you know what? It's God. It's God, which I think is so powerful. It's encouraging to me, you know, because in your book, some of the things that you seek to answer is 
like your survey said, you know, people don't know how to pray. So in Praying Mom, how, how do you walk moms through that, that, that they don't know how to pray? Maybe they weren't raised in the church or, you know, maybe they just, maybe their church didn't really teach them the importance of prayer. Do you walk them through those initial steps of what that looks like? We do. And so I, there's an entire chapter devoted to the mom who would say, I don't know what or how to pray. And so we tell the story of another mom who struggled. And and I will tell you this, that the contributor to that chapter is Terry Lynn Underwood. And I want to say she is a pastor's wife who has spent years and years and years of her life on this earth ministering to women, ministering with her husband in church. And she still, and she's incredibly knowledgeable about the word, and still didn't really feel like she knew how to pray or knew what to pray. And for her, when she started praying scripture, when she started understanding that we could literally pray scripture back to God, again, she had that same light bulb moment go off. And here's where that comes from. In Hebrews 4.12, we are told that the Word of God is living and active, right? It's not like other history books out there. It is a history book. It tells us the history of God's people and the history of the world, but it is not like just any other history book you can pull off the shelf. It's alive. It actually does something in the human heart when you read it. So that's that's part of why I really love to pray the Word of God, because it's living and active. The other reason comes from Isaiah, which says that, I believe it's in chapter 51, that says that the Word of God won't return void, but it will do exactly what God says or, or purposes for it to do. So if you put those two verses together, it kind of seems like to me, why would I ever pray anything else? Really? I mean, if, if it's going to do, if if the Word of God is living and active and it's going to do what God says it's going to do then I get to join with him in that and partner with him in the work that he's doing with my kids. And we talk about the process for that inside of that chapter, what that looks like, how it works, helping people understand prayer a little bit better, because Connie, there is a little bit of a mystery to prayer. Sometimes there are people who are so much more theologically astute than I am, who have studied this so much longer than I have, who still will say, I'm not sure why God God wants us to pray. If he's sovereign, if he if he, you know, uh if he already knows what's going to happen, what's the point? So we we talk about that in the book and and help our readers understand the importance of doing that and why God's called us to do that and and why their prayers matter. But you can also when you when you order the book, you can actually get a free chapter that is not in the book. It's an extra chapter that actually walks you through step-by-step, point-by-point, how to pray scripture. And so that's a freebie for, for getting the book. So you can you can let your listeners know that. I would love for them. If, if they're in that place where they're like, I just don't even know where to start, then we've definitely got them covered. You know, I, I love what you just said, that you're going to have that free bonus. And I will certainly put that in the show notes. And as you were talking about uh, Terry Lynn, she is just such a delight. Uh, you know, that's someone we have in a friendship we have in common. I think... Uh, as my kids are now adults, uh, it's a very different, different picture, a different, um, I pray differently. I have different conversations, but 
I think, and when your surveys is like, well, you know, I really don't know how, or, you know, maybe God's just not answered my prayers. I've been asking the Lord to change his heart to, from a heart of stone. I've been asking the Lord and he's not doing it. So here's how that scripture misapplied. So if it's going to be what it's going to be, then why do I need to even need to pray about it? Well, because God says to, that's why. And so I love that you, you know, hinted at that a little bit. We are to keep praying, and and it is an act of obedience that God tells us to enter His gates with praise and thanksgiving. He also tells us to make our, our requests made known to Him. Yes, those little requests, those little requests of simple things that maybe annoy us with our kids, or personality struggles that we have with our children, you know, not always just weighty, heavy change their heart, change their attitude. It could be it could be small things that seem or you know, some may say, well that's kind of petty, but it's really not because we're talking about the relationships that we have with our kids, our influence that we have with our children, and the ultimate that our children would desire when they turn 18 and they're going off to college or stepping out in the real world, that they don't turn around and go, well, thanks for all the Bible stuff and thanks for all the prayers, but see, I don't buy any of it. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's devastation when that happens. But I love how you bring that to mind. Our kids are changing. It's fluid. As the only thing we have control of is us. We certainly can't control our children. There's a false sense that we can control all that. We can't. I want to look at something here and kind of segue off of that. Moms are definitely overwhelmed when they don't know how to pray. And if they get that, if you order the book, just go ahead and pre-order the book or buy it whenever you're listening to this. And let, let Brooke kind of walk you through those steps. You will find that it's not as difficult. I think the difficulty, Brooke, is just settling your mind. And mm-hmm. often, for me, I, I'm laying in bed, and as I'm drifting off to, to sleep, I have a ritual that I have followed for a very long time. And that is not dwelling on the things that didn't go right and the things that I said that I shouldn't have said and the things that I did that I shouldn't have done or how I let something slide that I shouldn't have, that I I don't. But I focus on God preparing me as I rest for the assignment for the next day because I'm going to get up the next day and I want to be faithful with the next day. Every day you could pick at what you didn't do, all your shortfalls and issues, but but. I love how you're intentionally saying, no, we got to focus our mind on this. We have to be intentional about this. You know, I have a ritual. Mine is definitely at night when I'm mulling over everything. And of course, I have my devotion in the morning. But where where do you normally recommend people to start? And I'm sure that's in the, the bonus chapter, but give us a teaser. Mm-hmm. So if you have never found yourself in a place where you've had any kind of consistent prayer life, then I would recommend, you know, I think it is helpful to get the book because I actually have included in the book prayers that will help you get started. So at the end of the book, we have a section called Prayers for Today's Christian Mom, and we've included several areas or topics in there that I really feel like as a mom myself, moms struggle with the most. What I did was come up with a few of those topics that I really felt like moms would need help in, and I gave you a number of scripture-based prayers 
to go with each of those topics. So I'm actually doing the work for you. That's one of the practical application parts of the book that I really like the best is for those that really don't have any experience and don't know where to start, I'm giving you a place to start. You can just go and look at, okay, what do I need right now? What what am I dealing with with my child or in my own life? And I've given you several places and several written prayers that are based on scripture that you can just start praying. And one of the other things that that your listeners will be able to get as they purchase the book, I've actually read each of the prayers. There are probably close to 75 prayers in the book, and I've actually read those out loud uh, kind of as a, an, a prayerful experience that I'm offering you, m- me praying over your family. You can get those audio prayers when you purchase the book as well. So oh. if you don't know how to start, I've given you the tools to be able to do that inside of the book, as well as knowing how to start praying scripture. And I will say this, prayer is really my entire game plan for parenting. It is not necessarily something that I just do one time a day and I'm done. I I, I actually, I do that sometimes. I do have certain habits and rituals in my own life that help me remember to pray. And I talk about those in the book and, and offer them as um examples and people can pick the one that that fits them the best and their needs. But I think that many moms come to prayer because they don't know what else to do. They're at some kind of a loss, whether their child is dealing with something specific, something negative that's specific, or whether they just find themselves in a situation where they realize that they don't actually have the answers or all of the answers that their children need. I feel that daily with teenagers. My children come to me. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that they come to me and their dad because many teenagers don't, but they do. And that's that's based on that relationship that you're so good at leading us in, uh, Connie, and knowing how to have that relationship with with our children. But they come to me and I often don't know what to do. It seems like most of the time, and maybe there are moms out there that do know what to do all the time, but I am not one of them. I don't have all the answers. Um, But I don't stress about that anymore because I don't have to have all the answers to how I'm going to raise these boys that God's given me because I talk to the God who knows exactly how to do it on a regular basis. I have, and any of us here who are believers today, we have a direct line to the one who sees not only our future, but our children's future as well. And we can connect with him and partner with him in prayer as the way we parent. It can be the way you parent. If you don't know what to do with the children that God's given you, prayer is the answer every single time. There has never been a time, never been a time when I've asked the Lord to help me when he hasn't helped me. He is faithful. He doesn't always answer with a yes. He doesn't always give me exactly what I was thinking I needed. He always helps me. And that's that's what scripture teaches us. So I would just say to anyone listening, prayer is the answer. It is not just something you do when there's an emergency. No, we're, we're talking being proactive, not reactive. I don't want to be the kind of person that just only invites God into my difficult moments. That's not how I want to function as a believer. I don't want to just say, oh, hey, God, I've gotten myself into this mess. What do I do about it? There are times when we do that, right? There, are, There's a time for that. But I want to be the kind of believer and the kind of parent that says, Lord, lead me from the get-go. 
tell me now what to do. Help me, lead me now so that I know what to do tomorrow. And prayer, communicating with the Father, because that's really all it is, is the way that I have found to do that successfully. And I trust Him with that. No, my kids are not finished yet. I'm not, you know, you're further along in the game than I am, Connie. Your kids are are out there and and, uh, grown. Mine are not. I know I haven't finished yet. So the the, the jury's out. I don't know what's going to happen in their lives before I get them out of out of our house. But I believe with all my heart that God is going to lead us as we stay in close communication with Him. And you know, just to speak to that a little bit, because people often, uh, because my kids are older, um, it, I do have a different perspective. And I will say it doesn't end just when they turn the tassel, uh, your, your prayers change. And I just want to you know, speak to the listeners for a minute. And just something you said, Brooke, is so important. We are to be busy about our day and in, and in, and everything that we do is a matter of prayer and, and our lives are to be in communion with him. And people think that we have to go into a prayer closet and we have to have the candles lit and it has to be totally quiet. And then we can pray. And for me having, you know, as many kids as I had, <laughs> that did it. I mean, you know what happens. You go if you do go into a prayer closet, they're banging on the closet or their fingers are coming under the door. <laughs> and they're like, or you hear a loud crash and it's like, oh great. Um, and you come out of your prayer closet not necessarily as happy as you when you went into it. So I mean, I I love that about you. I love that you are really as uh a, a Titus two mom, really. This was the role of when before the you know before the digital world came online, you know before the online world, where we would we would gather and we would be led and taught these and and that's really what I see you doing with million praying moms. It's the power of prayer. It's it's the it's the daily trusting that we don't just pray for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and crisis. You know we we pray about the decisions that we're going to make, or even helping our kids learn to make wise decisions because they're faced with uh, good or best, not always right and wrong, good or best, but everything. And and that's what I see you doing in your ministry, uh, you know, both online at Million Praying Moms in your books. And I, I'm, I'm excited about praying moms because you're really leading us back to the the place of okay god has commanded us to pray to pray for protection to pray for guidance to pray for his discernment to to pray about all things and i love that about you now i want to just touch on one thing we only have a little bit of time left brooke but you just talk about uh become a prayer warrior for your family can you i I think we may have covered that but if there's anything extra you would like to speak to that Mm mm-hmm I think it's important to note, Connie, that first of all, I want to say to the moms that are listening right now, because you because you personally have children that are older, you may also have you know moms that have older kids as well. And if they're listening right now and they're thinking, "Well, it's too late for me. I can't. I, like I, I already missed the boat. I, my kids are getting ready to leave the house, or maybe they already have left the house, and I." I missed it. I I didn't pray for my kids the way that I should have. But I want to say to that mom, and I I know that that may feel a little bit heartbreaking as we've had this conversation, you might've thought, well, my word, I I missed out on one of the most important parts of parenting. But it's never too late to start being a praying mom. Um, If your child is this side of heaven, 
you can still pray for your child. So just let that guilt go. If you if you may be feeling it right now, let it go and just start praying. So I want to speak that over over your audience while we're while we're talking about this. But I think um, I also think that what a privilege it is. There are so many children who are running around this world who have never been prayed for even one time by any member of their family. And that breaks my heart, but it also builds my faith in what God has led our family to do, because I don't know that my children have ever known a day when they haven't been prayed for. And that's a gift that you're giving your children. That is a role that you can step into today. You don't have to wait to to be able to be a praying mom. You can step into that role of being a warrior for your family, of learning to fight for your family in prayer. Because believe me, there will be times when the world will be fighting for them. But you can do it. You can pray and fight for your children and your family as well. And the way to do that is through prayer. Your children can leave your home and you can give them that kind of special gift. And I would just invite you to do it. Just get started. Grab a copy of the book if you don't know how. We also have resources on our podcast. If you want to start there at the Million Praying Moms podcast, we have a whole series on prayer tips and prayer for beginners, things like that. You can you can grab some of those and listen as well, but just start praying. I just say amen to all of that. That's absolutely right. It's never too late, like you said. I love that you are reminding moms the importance of our role. We sometimes in our society, not sometimes, every day, all the time, you know, we're marginalized and uh, minimized and what we do is not important, but actually it's vital. And I know you pray over your kids uh, every day and there is comfort when our kids start to see that in us. It, something happens in their own heart. And so um, I, I'm just grateful that God has led you to write Praying Moms. I am so excited for it to come out. I know that um, God has got his hand on you, Brooke, on, on leading women into a deeper walk with the Lord, because ultimately that's what happens to us, our trust in the Lord. We lean in on him and not self-reliance. And, you know, there's some lot, a lot of really good stuff out there on helps and things, but if we aren't leaning on him, we're kind of like putting the ladder against the wrong wall. And I, I'm just so glad that you're doing this. And listeners, uh, grab a copy. You can pre-order. You want to get those bonuses. You know, walk through how to pray that free chapter that Brooke was talking about. And she's got lots of other goodies. She's going to be um, adding and go over to Million Praying Moms podcast. Visit the website. Check out Brooke McLaughlin and Erin. You'll just—they're just delight. They're the real things. And it's not about them. It's not about uh, secret sauce. It's not about quick, easy tips. It's about putting full faith and trust in the Creator. And as I say in um, Parenting Beyond the Rules, your children are a masterpiece, and they're not paint by numbers. There is no factory assembly line. You don't use the same colors. You don't use the same brush strokes. You don't use the same hues. Uh, God is the architect. He knows the plans that he has for your children. And, you know, Brooke, as you and I both know, he takes these imperfect parents and says, here, raise these children that I've given. You're like, what? And so I love how you are constantly leading people back to the ultimate authority. And that is through scripture and through praying scripture 
over your children, over your family, you're interceding on their behalf, you're interceding on behalf of your families. It makes a huge difference. So, uh, Brooke, um, thank you for joining me on this podcast. And again, just one more time, just tell us where we can find you. And friends, I'm going to have all of this in the show notes. Absolutely. So I would love for everybody to go hang out with Million Praying Moms. It's just millionprayingmoms.com. If you want to learn about the book, you can find me at brookmclaughlin.net. And, you know, anywhere books are sold, grab yourself a copy. I'm excited. Thanks, Brooke, for coming on the program. Well, friends, that kind of wraps up today's show. I I just pray this was a blessing to you. Uh, so often, you know, we we get caught up in, in other things, the busyness, uh, fear, as a, a crippler to our prayer life sometimes, or passiveness or busyness. But Praying Moms is is going to be that book that you'll want to have on your shelf. You're going to want to have, I'm a post-it notes. I, I do like to dog ear my books, but I do love post-it notes, highlighters, pens, and a journal. And I will say this, grab yourself a copy. I think you'll refer to it throughout all of your parenting years and even beyond when your kids are at home and they're out in the marketplace and out in college. You'll still need to be praying for your kids, praying for your family, praying for the decisions that are going to be made. So make sure you grab a copy of that and let us know what you think. You know, leave some comments. You can visit us over at uh, ConnieAlberts.com and leave a comment at at equipped to be but that wraps up today's show thank you for being here your faithfulness to join us every week blesses us as we uh, remind you that you are equipped to be a doer of god's word well that wraps up this episode of equipped to be if you enjoyed this show please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show and thank you again for joining me Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.